everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Impactful Authenticity Podcast. My name is Lucy, and I'm really excited to have Tim Ershinger, who is founding member of Life Sciences and co-creator of Teal Around the World with us today. So welcome, Tim. Thanks, Lucy, for the invite. Looking forward. <laughs> and it's through um, Life Sciences that I actually had the opportunity to, to meet Tim, both myself and some colleagues, we've been looking at how to change our teams around and going from quite hierarchical structures to ones where we're trying to reduce managers, creating more empowered teams and really trying to utilize this idea of coaching versus more traditional styles of management. And we've been really lucky to get to work with Tim and his team um, who've really helped to support us as we're trying to form these new coaching communities and to help us through the transition. So, so really appreciate all your input and insights so far on our own journey Tim. Thanks Lucy, pleasure. And, and I guess maybe just to start with I'm kind of curious about who or what events triggered you and thinking about the need to set up a company like Life Sciences. You know, funny enough, I think it's 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 actually coaching <laughs> that that uh, triggered it to an extent, because um, you know I was I was working for Roche, then I left Roche some whatever twelve thirteen years ago. I got myself into consultancy, reasonably um, small company. We've grown it quite quickly, and and you know that means all of a sudden you are in a leadership position, or I was in a leadership position. I had no idea, obviously, you know, how to manage a team, how to do whatever. So. And I probably still don't. But back in the days, I thought, you know, it probably would be helpful to get my head around leadership and coaching and these kind of things. So I, I took a few courses, like everyone, right? A few good trainings, a few not so good trainings, I guess, as well. Um, and funny enough, uh, these these insights, obviously, I, I created a picture of leadership and what was leadership for me and, and, and how I looked at it. Obviously, a bit more coaching kind of posture and less of a micromanagement kind of idea. And... That led to the point where me and the rest of the management team and the company were not always aligned on that view, I guess. You know? And if you got to sell stuff to your team that you're not necessarily believing, it gets frustrating. And, and you know that frustration you can carry on for a while. But then it's also good to be honest and say it's probably better to part ways. And that was the case for me in 2015. So you know, coaching in a sense or leadership generally is certainly was part of the story. And if you would have met me in 2014 and, and asked me, Tim, would you ever go, you know, self-employed, do do your do your own thing? The answer would have been never, ever. Oh, certainly, wow. you know, there's there's everything else that I would do first, but certainly <laughs> not going off by myself. Anyway, here we are. Uh, obviously, things changed. Wow. So, is there a couple of things that made you kind of brave enough or really changed your perspective on this idea of kind of working for a company versus kind of leading one yourself? So I think what made me brave enough, quite honestly, is is my co-founder Frank, or one of one of the two co-founders, Frank, uh, because he he was he was pretty optimistic that we could pull it off. And you know, is 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 also easy if you're not by yourself. I think so. If if yeah. I think back, if I would have been completely by myself, also a bit more tricky. And and you know, so Frank was always there, and and Stefan was always there from more or less the beginning too. And you know, if, if you're three, then. I got good days where I was optimistic and, you know, I had bad days where I was like, that, that's the most stupid idea ever. But then the other two were there. And, and, and I think that that's really helpful or that that's been really helpful for me at least. And um, obviously the, the other thing was uh, Frank was pretty convincing in a sense. He said, Tim, you don't like to get told anyway. You like autonomy. You like freedom. How much more freedom will you get? You know, I was like, well, I guess you got a point there. So <laughs> here we are. I'm curious between the three of you, are you actually quite similar or are you all quite different? Do you complement each other quite well? Oh no, it's like it's like day and night. So we are we are we are like oh, really complementary. And and Frank and I worked together at that other company before, so we knew each other fairly well. 
um we were a bit like really day day and night and, and frank's uh, frank's completely different in ways of working to me and all that but but we do have a few i guess you know values that 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 we share and, and that glue us together in a way so it's a good basis and then we enjoy the diversity sometimes more sometimes less there's good clashes and conversations but uh, we are we are definitely different and, and and also Stefan, you know there's three of us it's pretty complimentary good and i'm curious to know kind of in you know the the well number of years that you you've been now kind of with your own company have you seen an increase or trend with the different groups that you've worked with around people being interested in building kind of teams, structures, organizations that really embrace kind of diversity, wholeness, authenticity. Love to know kind of like what you've been seeing just out there more generally. I think, um, you know, if, if I think back to my days in Big Pharma even, which is, you know, 15 years ago now, even back then we talked about uh, failure culture. We talked about speak up culture. You know? So it's, it's, I think, always been a theme. And then if you look at, um, for example, Amy Edmondson, who, who shaped a lot of that psychological safety conversations that we're having these days, that's that's been there for, for quite some years. I think what has changed the last, I'm going to say, four or five years probably is that people recognize it's not like, you know, you mentioned at the town hall that people are supposed to speak up anytime, but you actually need to change structures around them as well to, to make it, I mean, one more credible, obviously, uh, but but also uh, to, to just create an environment because, you know, be, behaviors get created by how the surrounding looks like and, and if you look at organizations it's it's driven by by governance by processes by organizational structure by all of these things and and you will not create a speak up culture if you have a performance review due in the next eight weeks for example right that this is really unlikely to happen <laughs> um unless you're crazy or you want to go out anyway so you know so that's 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 just not helpful for authenticity in the workplace so in that sense i think there's a trend that more people care about that topic I would also say there's still way to go. You know, there's 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 good ambitions, but I think good intent obviously is not good enough. So, so in that sense, um, there's there's much more to do in that space. And is there any kind of one or two things that you think, sort of, whether it be companies or team leaders, managers should be thinking about to help really push that forward? I think um, you know one is, is is always comes down to leadership. I got a good friend in Roche actually who always says, you know, I can boil down every problem of that organization back to leadership problem, and you know, I probably agree to a large extent. And and you know, so it comes down to that. If if you have a a, well, I would consider a good leader, then there's probably much easier to speak up. There's much easier to show up authentically. And if you don't, then then you don't. So that is the leadership aspect, and and I think organizations need to invest in that, and and not doing it partially at least. And the other thing is, you know, there's there's the process side, and I mentioned performance management already. You know, there's, there's many other processes that are more difficult to change, in my opinion. But performance management, you can do something about it. And, and you know, many companies have moved away from the bell curve at least, so kind of bottom top 20 uh, kind of story so that's good but then again performance reviews i mean first of all on a yearly basis don't make sense anyway i think because you know what's what's happened in january is not relevant in december usually in in, in this world at least so that's one thing but but the other thing is if you if you if you're going away from putting a rating on me and on my year is much more likely that i'm that i'm feeling safe enough to speak up so i think that's that's also a good thing to consider and again it's not incredibly difficult to change and then then there's a ton of other dynamics that you have in the companies usually around with more politics there's decision making there's there's all these kind of things um as is obviously not that one factor so it's difficult to say what we'll, we'll, would move the needle so a good reflection with your coach uh kind of uh, probably helps too in any way if you're if you're a leader, you know. 
Yeah, excellent. I'll take that up with my coach um, when I speak to them actually next week. And I guess I'm just curious, because obviously these are some of the principles that, you know, life sciences are built around, you know, thinking about teal um, organizations, etc. What are some of the things that, you know, you've done or implemented within life sciences? And I, and I guess what have you seen has been interesting learnings or kind of impact that you've kind of automatically seen both to the business, but also to kind of employees themselves who are part of your company? Yeah, so um, if you if you talk about teal companies and and the ones who don't know teal, you know, it's just you know, a little bit of a progressive organization kind of idea, I guess. Uh, one one of the pillars obviously is wholeness, and, and and wholeness implies that you show up authentically at the workplace. And and I think what we've tried is is um, I mean, one we got a document that we call the Lifeline. Uh, our you know it's just a few pages of what what we think collaboration should look like, how we want to interact, what, what are key values and principles and so on. And and one chapter, obviously, of the lifeline is about wholeness and, and showing up authentically and what, what we want to do and that we do embrace diversity. Diversity is only good if you work on the inclusion part, of course, right? So that's that's what we try at least. Um, I think one part that's, that's incredibly important is I am biased. Every one of us is biased. Right? So this diversity yeah. is is just so difficult to to for getting true inclusion and, and I think what we do is we try to have a conversation about it and, and you know try to be open about but it didn't feel like I was appreciated in that meeting or I didn't feel appreciated in, the, in, in that conversation or you know whatever else. so just kind of providing a platform where, where that's okay we, we do have for example a monthly tension meeting so it's one hour every month we'll only talk about tensions you know everyone knows and and you know Funny thing is, everyone's looking forward to that meeting because it is 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 actually really interesting. It's good fun, although you know it could be heavy conversations because tension also means conflict to a large extent, and it's not the most pleasant conversations always. But but you know it is part of the culture, and it, and it's really good to to provide a platform because if you if you tell me, Tim, you know, speak up anytime, feel free to raise your tensions, talk about your conflicts. I'm like, I get it intellectually, but I'm busy with other stuff anyway, so you know I mm. might not think about it too. But but you know the one hour in a month I have in my calendar it's a standing meeting it comes back you know it makes me think at least for that one hour a month about tensions and, and that's better than nothing at least so I think you know that's that's a practice that we've used I guess there's there's, there's other ways as well um, we, we're small enough we don't have a like a coach kind of setup we most of us have an external coach so we talk about these topics too but but you know if you're part of a big organization and you have coaches then then I think coaches are obviously an incredibly helpful resource to use for these kind of things as well. Wow, I love that idea of the the tension meeting. <laughs> I think those could those could be useful both at home as well as in the oh, work. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's really fascinating. I'm curious, kind of, when new people start, if they've not been used to working in these kind of cultures, how, do they adapt pretty quickly, or are they usually kind of a little bit kind of slow out of the starting blocks to kind of get into the way of of working well depends on the on the on the person you know we're all individual characters in that sense but if you've if you've been working for a to say a, a big corporate for 20 years you know it takes a bit of unlearning before you learn the new patterns i think and and you're probably a bit more cautious because you've read the lifeline as part of the interview process i'm sure and at the same time you're like let's see if that's or how how that's really reality or not in that setup right so there, there's definitely that cautious kind of behavior in the beginning um, also, for people who have not been part of big organizations, maybe straight out of university or smaller smaller 
organizations, most of them have not worked in a self-organized uh, team, of course. So it, it takes a while to get used to it. It takes a while to get your head around it, to, to feel how it feels like. You know, it's pretty difficult to explain that in a theoretical interview kind of setup, what, what you really can expect here. Mm. So I usually tend to say to people who apply for a job, you know, it will probably take a year until you really understood what you get yourself into here. And it's fine if after a year you say, you know what, guys, that's a bit too crazy. I'll just do something else. <laughs> oh, that... So I guess from that, have you seen certain challenges that have, you know, whether it be here or in kind of your um, previous roles around kind of embracing authenticity and, and have you got any kind of ways that you've overcome them? Um, well, you know, as, as, as consultants and I obviously have an opinion on everything, you know, that's, that's not always helpful for authenticity, for feeling safe and all these kind of things. So being, being clear on that. And, and obviously, you know, it's a bit of a special role or dynamic around being one of the founders and so on. So that, that's something to just be conscious about. Um, and, and I think for everyone else, it is, um, you know, if you bring tensions or if you, if you feel safe and you show up authentically, there's also a journey to yourself, you know, and, and finding yourself and you know, many of us myself included, I've, I've not spent an awful lot of time on that one. Right? I, was, I was actually quite happy with not looking too deep into myself because that's, that's also a bit uncomfortable most of the time. You know, and and that's, that's obviously part of the journey. So, so this, is, this, is, um, this is, I think, the more tricky part, I would say. And, and it's tricky for, for everyone. We all got different speed and pace to look into that. We you know, have different energy at times as well to look into these kind of topics or not. And then obviously there is, there's points in time where you say, okay, I, I understood you. I still disagree. And, and we just kind of leave the tension and say, you know, we agree to disagree. And, and this is incredibly difficult because that means you need to let go of your opinion to an extent almost. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is certainly part of the challenge. And then, you know, the, the, the other challenges we, we also have, it's a for-profit business, you know, there's clients, there's, there's, there's money questions, there's all these kind of things. We have self-set salaries as well. So everyone's oh, finding wow. their salaries themselves, right? And this is, uh, this is extra uh, pressure on people because it requires a lot of maturity to, yep. to lift that. Um, and, and so there's, there's a million challenges that I could talk about, I guess. So um, it's not that easy. I think having a coach, again, I mentioned that all of us or almost all of us have an external coach. And I think that's really helpful to just reflect and, you know, get a bit of supporting structure there. Um, so that's, that's been good for, for myself, certainly for, for the people too. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, I think a good basis for conversations is, is also important just within the team. And, you know, it doesn't always need to be the big group. Sometimes we have the big group set up. Sometimes it's smaller groups, one-on-ones. So as long as you get a support structure in a way to, to live through it, I think it's helpful. Oh, fabulous. Thanks for sharing those with us. And I'm just kind of curious from your own sort of journey around this topic, have you seen places where you've been like really encouraged to really lead into kind of showing up as you are and then other areas where you've kind of maybe sort of just been a little bit more reserved in that space and what 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 are those examples that you would you know would you be willing to share those with us I think one one part of, of wholeness for me or also showing up authentically is you know I, I have the choice how much I want to show and how little I want to show it, it means also I will never be lying or whatever, right? But, but it also means I've, I've got a choice also mm -hmm. within our team, right? It's, it's not like I have to share every private yeah. little detail. But it's, it's, it's accepted as, you know, I feel shit today for private reasons. 
leave it at that. Right? It's also okay, and maybe I'll share a few weeks later. So that's that's been really nice in the team. And I think if you if I look back to before life sciences days, then then certainly in, in my collaboration with uh, Frank uh, in in the company before, there was there was the reason why why it worked so nicely because he was always giving me that feeling that I could show up as myself and you know I was I was authentic and, and he appreciated that a lot. So Frank's one of the most appreciative persons you'll, you'll probably meet. And, and this is yeah. this 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 has been really nice. And then obviously you know the rest of the management team was not always that appreciative, let's just say. You know, there's there's certain certain um, client relationships that have been difficult the past 12 years of, of consultancy life, of course. You know, you meet other consultants and you know, some of them are coming from different places, of course. You know, so mm-hmm. whenever there's, there's um, let's just say, different cultural ideas and, and, and different leadership ideas, it, it gets a bit more tricky. And, and, you know, it's also okay for me nowadays to say, you know, I, I just take a step back and, you know, maybe still be authentic i hope and at the same time you don't need to show everything then anyway so that's that's how i look at it right now yeah no i love this idea i was reading something the other day about kind of authenticity and context that you always sort of have your core values that you're sticking to but it's just that you know we all know in different spaces and in different places that you will kind of either show up in certain ways and not and it's not necessarily that that's not being truthful and that's not being yourself. It's just kind of, I guess, part of being an adult and reading the circumstance and the kind of space that you're in and being able to kind of adapt to that. Um, certainly recognize that very much with my son who definitely has no context to any of the things he's doing and just kind of running like, around like a crazy person at all times. So thanks for totally. sharing that. <laughs> totally. and, and, and and I think what you, what you said is really important. Always stay true to your core values, right? No matter what kind of client setup or whatever you have, and we've we've actually been turning down requests for working with clients and saying, you know, that that's just against our core values. Full stop. So we, 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 we just not do that. And you know, staying true to your core values is incredibly important for authenticity. And again, I I mean, I can adjust to certain contexts without any problem because it's not violating my core core values, mm-hmm. and that's still authentic. And it's probably still different compared to our conversation here. And so that's yeah, that's yeah. I think really important. Excellent. And just curious, before we wrap up, can you just tell us a little bit about Teal around the world? What is it? Who'd benefit from getting involved? I know I've heard about it a lot, but haven't really participated much myself. So just curious to know more. Yeah, well, uh, Teal around the world was a was a bit of a crazy idea in early 2020 with uh, Philip Atkinson here out of bars and a few others uh, where well, basically you know, it started off with an email to six seven people between uh, san francisco and, and, and beijing uh and and saying you know there's so many good things happening in the world but we we tend to not talk to each other you know there's sociocracy there's holocracy there's teal there's conscious capitalism there's there's all sorts of things and and even you know teal in sweden doesn't talk to teal in belgium community it's crazy mm. so at least that was my perception in 2020 yeah. right so so we said hey how about bringing all of these people together? Because no matter what you call it, we call it teal, agile, whatever, 70, 80% we're talking about the same things and we're actually interested in the same topics and we want to make this similar difference to the world. So how about creating something like that? And then obviously, you know, COVID hit and it was quite useful in that sense that everyone's up for virtual conferences and that kind of stuff. So 2020, we had the first one, uh, was a few hundred people there, you know, talking about teal, different ways of working, how to get going on that kind of stuff. And yeah, the last two years, it's been growing quite a bit, and, and we've we've had a pretty good mix from you know academia. What does the research say? Um, big corporations were on a journey, which is obviously a bit more difficult compared to twenty people company like like ours to really make a difference. And then anything in between, really, and and it's all passionate people about 
feel different ways of working, authenticity, wholeness, self-managing teams, agile teams, you know, all these kind of things. So we try to bring these together. I think, I mean, it, it's it's virtual, but it feels pretty, um, it's pretty comfy kind of feeling, you know, people are pretty close. It's, 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 it's a good vibe in a way. And then last year as well, we had something like 50 speakers on stage. Uh, it's wow. always 26, 27 hours in a row. So, you know, across the globe, across the time zones, you, you can choose whatever's convenient with your son or, you know, other things that you have to do in between. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just great inspiration on what, what you could be doing, how to start a journey, also how to, you know, go deeper on certain topics. So I find it incredibly inspirational. So if, you know, anyone I think who's interested in these, let's just call it different new ways of working, uh, I think will benefit definitely. And it's always the first week of March, Thursday and Friday. So next it's what, March three and four, I think, if I'm not completely okay. wrong. I definitely don't know my calendar that well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James. Lovely. Well, thanks. That's given me an action to do before I close out the day today. Um, and so just moving on to a couple of features that we have on the show. So the first one is we always ask our guests to give us a kind of challenge for the week. So is there something that you'd recommend that we do this week to help us kind of connect a little bit more with ourselves or to help us on our authentic journey? I think one one thing I I, I always uh, try to reflect upon is not always easy, but 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 I, I try at least. You know, if if something's triggering me and I and I feel that I get emotional, it's like, okay, why do I get emotional about it? It's not so much why does Lucy trigger me, why is she annoying, whatever. Right? It's like, okay, why does it trigger me? Yeah. Even if you're annoying, why the hell does it trigger me? Because it means <laughs> you know that that there is something more. And yeah. this 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 question is really really interesting to to ask yourself. Why do I get triggered? What does it tell me about myself actually? So I, I can only recommend doing that. Love it. And I, the good thing is we all know that we're going to get triggered some, definitely during the week. So we can. Oh, yeah. it's, it's good one that we're not going to have to wait around for that in any shape or form. Oh. <laughs> Probably too many times. We'll be constantly <laughs> stopping and everyone's like, why are you stopping? Oh, I'm doing Tim's challenge. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for that, Tim. And then finally... I'm a huge music lover and I'm really interested by songs and kind of the insights it sometimes gives us into kind of people and their personalities and ways of thinking. So I'm just wondering if you've got a song that you'd be able to share that kind of means something to you and, and why specifically that song? So one of my favorite bands, I'm, I'm sure you know, is, is Queen. Oh, and, yes. and so, and, and I know some, somehow this, uh, so one of my favorite songs is The Show Must Go On, not so much for, you know, because it's played at all sports events or whatever, right? But it is actually the the, the story behind it. If you think about it with uh, Freddie uh, being HIV positive, knowing already, obviously, most of the world didn't know at that point in time. And then, you know, that song, so that's a, that's a special emotion somehow for me as well. And and if you think about it, you know, there's, there's, there's always always things dying along the way. You know, it's, it's a good friendship. It's a good colleague who's leaving is, you know, actual death as well. So there's, there's all of these things, and I just found it really powerful, that that song. And, you know, whenever I can listen to it, it's, it's, it's somehow special. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, different. <laughs> yeah, no, 100% I can connect with that. I think you're one of the first people I've spoken to who's picked a song that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, and I think I've got a really diverse taste in music, so that's good. But I absolutely love that song. I'm a massive Queen fan, and... Um, that song is one of those ones I also sometimes kind of go to 
both in this weird sense of sometimes if I'm in a really low place, I like to listen mm. to it. But also if I'm in a really happy place, I, sure. I find it's just a really amazing song for being able to connect in, in lots of different ways. But thank you for sharing that. Um, and I will, I'll be listening to that while I go and look at Teal Around the World for March. <laughs> so I guess just a big thanks, Tim, for being so open, being able to share some really interesting insights into kind of different ways that, you know, you're thinking about how to kind of encourage and bring wholeness and authenticity to your organization and to kind of other organizations. I think there's lots of things that certainly I will definitely go back and reflect on from the conversation and see how I can kind of um, bring into my work going forward. So, so thank you so much for that. And to all the listeners, have a great week, everyone. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow if you've enjoyed the content. And I look forward to sharing more stories with you next week. Remember, authenticity is a continual journey. Small steps can really make a big impact. Take care and speak to you soon. <laughs>